Do you remember the television show uh, Keeping Up Appearances, Mrs. Bouquet, and that? Do you remember her dear, it wasn't her husband, it was her brother-in-law, Onslow. Remember Onslow? Uh, wearing a kind of a white vesty, sleeveless, you know, they call the T-shirt style is often called a wife beater. It's a really awful name for it, but it's kind of, you know, a vest with doesn't have sleeves. You know, it's got, you know what I mean? Yeah, and it, kind of big, chunky belly on him and kind of sit there with a beer in hand and kind of roar at the TV. You know, you know how, how it is, that, that, that kind of, those kind of people roaring at the TV what athletes should be doing. Can you, anybody seen, seeing the irony here? Run faster, would you? You're useless. You know, it's so easy. Roar at the TV. It's so easy. Roar at some professional athlete who has given 15 years of their lives learning how to run, jump, header, kick a ball from ridiculous distances into a goal or over, you know, between the uprights, whatever it is. And you can just roar there, beer in hand, you're useless. Right? It's so easy to give out. It's so easy to give commands. It's so easy to kind of put oneself uh, in, the, uh, in the driver's seat or on the seat of judgment and tell everyone else what they should be doing better. That's easy. And in a way, the enemy is quite good at steering our minds away from, from certain truths even though we, we know them, the enemy can steer our minds away from, from certain things that, that, that are true about our faith, things that we should know about our faith, things that we should believe much more with the heart about our faith. And one of those is the whole question of suffering. So when the, question of, when the issue of suffering uh, strikes us, and it will, uh, all of us, at some point, uh, we don't like it. And we rebel. Or sometimes we, we may rebel. We may be tempted to rebel. And often when it comes to, to suffering, we can f- forget how God is or who God is in the face of suffering. And all we see is, is, is our need, and there may be very, very legitimate needs. Absolutely. You may have a child who has leukemia. That is a very, very serious thing. This isn't a, this isn't a joke. This is a very, very serious issue. You have... You've been diagnosed with cancer yourself, or you've lost someone, or there's been a suicide in the family, like really difficult uh, situations. And you're sitting there going, like, why, why, why is this happening, and why me? And then what will the enemy do? The enemy will start to see this little lie or confusion. See, God doesn't care. There you are, all your prayers, and look at you now. See, God doesn't care. And in your suffering, you're alone. So why bother? Why bother with the whole prayer thing? Why bother with the whole Medjugorje thing? Why bother come here tonight? Why bother go to Mass at all? You're a good enough person. He doesn't help you anyway, so might as well take care of yourself. Right? Do what you need to do to take care of number one, because no one else is going to take care of, of, of you for you. Do it yourself. Very, very simple temptation. Very, very common. And maybe you've all experienced it yourself at some point. But you're still here, so you've overcome the temptation, so this is good. But it's a temptation, it's, it's, and it's very, very present out there. It's very common that people in the face of suffering will say, where was God? And that's why in, in, in today's feast, the exaltation of the cross, it's so important that we keep in mind that our God knows what it's like to suffer. Because whenever we think of suffering separate from God, you see, and this is like what the enemy wants to do. He wants to make it seem like we're down here suffering, we're in this valley of death, 
We've been, we have all these terrible diagnoses and all these th things that we, these crosses that we have to, 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 to struggle our way through every day. And he's up there, happy out, on his throne, being fed peeled grapes and two cherubs holding ostrich feathers, fanning him down as he gazes upon the earth and all of us dying and killing each other and the whole lot. And he happy out. That's the, the image the enemy wants us to have, that God is fine. He's grand. And we're sons, apparently his sons and daughters who he doesn't seem to intervene to help at all while we're suffering. This is the image that, that, that the enemy wants to conjure up in our minds. Our gospel today tells us these beautiful line, lines from John's gospel, 3.16. For God so loved the world. So God the Father so loved the world that he gave his only son. God the Father gave his son that he would die. He didn't give him and just present him to everyone. Here's my son, everyone happy, and now we'll go back to heaven again. No, here's my son who will be taken by you, his creations, hated and killed. And he will do this knowing it's going to happen because he loves you and because he wants to prove he loves you. Not just by talking about it, not just by creating a beautiful world. But in his very flesh, in his very body, showing this is how much I love you, I will die for you. <clears throat> and not just I will, I, I would die for you, or if, if, if it were necessary, I would die for you. He knew this was coming. He became incarnate to die for us. This was his purpose. So whenever we find ourselves in our suffering, we can remember those beautiful lines. For God the Father, soul of the world, that he gave his only son. So that whoever believes in him might not perish, but might have eternal life. God the Father sent his son to die on a cross that we can get to heaven. It's the summary of our faith. God the Father sends his son to die that we can get to heaven. And it's, 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 it doesn't take away our cross to think of that. It doesn't remove our cross. But I think it does, it does give it sense. Because it means now that I can unite my cross to the sufferings of Jesus. My cross now, now has value. I can unite my, my loss, my grief, my pain to the Lord's. I'm like an extension of his body. We are his mystical body. So that means nothing is wasted, nothing is lost. All that we carry, we can offer up. All that we suffer, we can transform by love into grace. It's, 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 a, very, it's a very simple truth, but as I say, the, the enemy always wants to divert our attention away from that and just focus on our suffering, just focus on the loss, and never focus on the big picture, never focus on the fact that God does know what it's like to suffer. Grievously. But that in the same way, his suffering doesn't end in pain. It doesn't end in death. It ends in triumph. Today's feast day. The triumph of the cross. It ends in triumph. No matter how much muck and dirt and pain and hatred and abuse and <coughs> guile that, they could, that the enemy could throw at Jesus. It's like he takes it all, dies and rises triumphant. Sin did not win. Darkness did not win. The enemy did not win. 
But in order to beat it, he went through it, not around it, and comes out triumphant because he endures all of this while remaining in perfect love. Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. So this is our, our challenge, and it is a huge challenge. I gave a, a similar talk, a similar homily this morning, and someone sent me an email just saying they disagreed with me, so I spent it right... I said, I know this isn't easy. I know this isn't easy. Like, this is real life. This is real pain. But our love is our greatest, if you will, weapon. That in the face of a cross, we can say, and we can say very honestly, and we should be very real with the Lord. Lord, I don't know why this has happened. Lord, I don't like this. You know, I don't, I, I, I don't know why this person has, has, has died. You know, they were so young or so talented or whatever. I, I don't agree <laughs> with this situation. This hurts. This is painful. That's, this is just the, the reality of what's going on in our hearts, okay? We can, speak, we can be really frank. I'm angry. I'm, I'm, I'm hurt. But Lord, I love you. And give me what I need to get through this. Carry me when I can't walk. You be my strength. Be my fortress. And in the end, be my song. Let not any cross overcome me. But recognize at the same time, Lord, I am weak. I need you. And the scripture tells us, through St. Paul, we can do all things in Christ who strengthens us. So we don't have to carry these crosses on our own. It was never intended that way. And that way, through that, from that perspective then, our crosses won't separate us from God. But they'll actually teach us to understand his heart even more deeply. Because when we learn to love in suffering, now we're learning to love like him. And that, that's, that's a, it's, it's a difficult, it's none, of, none of us like this, you know, it's kind of like, like pruning. But we, we learn to love in suffering, we learn to love as God loves when we learn to love in suffering. And if we don't, then we're just, we're just staying on this human, superficial level. And we wonder why things don't change. We wonder why we don't change. But learning to love through suffering will teach us to love like God. And that's, that's a great gift. And I'm, I hope you all know someone who loves like that, you know, maybe someone in your own family or in your neighborhood who just has that, that deep knowledge, that, that deep, um, how would you say, how would you describe it? It's like the kind of, almost like an otherworldliness, world, world, otherworldliness. They're like they're from a, a, another world. There's a kind of a joy and a peace. It just radiates out of them. And often it's people on a hospital bed who have that kind of, Radiance, people who've learned to love through suffering. So our, our God knows what it's like to be us. He knows what it's like to suffer. He knows what it's like to, be, to feel lost or alone. Or he knows what it's like to grieve. He knows what the cross is. So we're never alone. We're never ever alone in our crosses. And every single one of us in carrying our cross, it teaches us to love like him.
Does that mean that everything in this world is just? No, absolutely not. Does that mean that certain families won't receive heavier crosses than others? No, it's unfortunately sometimes certain people or certain families or neighbourhoods or countries are dealt, are dealt a hard hand. But we transform our crosses into glory, into grace, through love. And in so doing, we love like the Lord. May we live this. May we learn this in our crosses and in our sufferings. For God so loved the world that he gave his only Son, so that whoever believes in him might not perish, but might have eternal life. For God sent a son into the world not to condemn the world, but so that through him the world might be saved. Amen.